This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. Line up, you fucking nerds. Who wants a shot at the champ? All right, we're here with the newest segment of Behind the Mic. My guests this evening are Kevin Beard and Jedi Hillis from VGN, Metaspective, and Spill.com. What's going on, boys? How's it going, man? Good to be back on. Glad to be here. All right, so let's let's start with Kevin, of course. Kevin, you have a couple of, of shows under your belt. You have Metaspective, Cleveland Sports Radio, uh, the spill show, uh, the show formerly known as VGN. So, what do you? What shows are you currently working on now? Well, uh, so it all starts with video game news radio, which is the oldest and probably the oldest freaking show that's still on on any show. Um, and uh, that one's still around. We made a format change, that kind of thing. But um, uh, so there's been a little bit of um, couple, like a little couple month hiatus due to some personal issues I've had. But otherwise, that show's still happening. And actually, I'm going to release a new episode of that very soon. Um, then there's my personal show, Kevin's Old Blast Radio, that gets updated infrequently. Um, and that, too, uh, is going to have um, you know some new episodes coming up very soon. And I used to do Cleveland Sports Radio, but uh, I'm not part of that anymore. I actually turned the reins over to Larry and, I guess, Jedi here, Elliot, uh, also... Um, participates on that show and i don't because i got kind of burned out on uh doing it with larry all the time so uh he figured that out and he's doing it i guess himself i i don't know if this is like uh jedi actually if i could creep in for a second we are recording our first show together uh Uh, larry did like a little test pilot show that was about five minutes of just himself he and i are going to be recording the first show um directly after this in about eight o'clock my time great because it took him about two months two and a half months to do one show so i'm hoping that he gets a little more regular with it because I'm, yeah. I'm i'm still paying for that show but uh i'm letting him do it um also um yeah we do the medispective where we talk about movies and stuff so we still do that when we do midwest wasteland uh which is where you know where we talk about more of the hardcore partying scene that happens in cleveland and past histories of our lives that one's still going on. We actually recorded an episode for that for a memory stick uh, release that we're going to have um, that's shaped like a beer bottle with the Medispective logo on it and stuff like that. That's an unreleased episode. We're going to have that come out. And then I do the loading bar for Spill, which is uh, Spill's video game show, and we do consecutive reviews every week. So, yeah, I guess I do a lot of radio shows. All right. Jedi, what about you? I know you do... Uh, Cleveland Sports Radio, you popped into VGN, you know, as a host for a while. Are there any other projects you're working on as well? Um, no, not, nothing right now. I've kind of gone back and forth in my head about whether or not I want to start another pod, uh, my own podcast. However, right now it's kind of hard to do that with the fact that I'm pretty entrenched in school. I could make, you know, start making my own podcast and, and doing that. There's 
I can probably fit in some time for it. But really, you guys, you guys have um, covered pretty much all the topics that I like to talk about anyway. So I just kind of feel like at this point, if I were to start one up, I'd just be repeating the same knowledge on a much smaller um, area. So if I do eventually get back into doing podcasting on a normal basis, I want it to be something that I feel confident going forward with. Uh, yeah, just a little background. I, I fell into VGN just being a listener way back in 2005 is when I started listening, and I, I came on as a guest a couple times. Um, if anybody ever listens to any of the tribute shows that are done on that, those are all put together by myself. And um, sometime last year, I believe it was, Kevin asked me to come on full full board, and um, that was due to a couple of the members leaving. And I was on full board for about a year before uh, the major changes happened and Kevin shut everything down. But that's basically been my involvement with podcasting. And, and like I said, I'm going to be continuing uh, Cleveland Sports Radio with Larry Mack. And that'll be fun to do because even though there's been a little bit of a break and that's been nice, I do miss doing podcasting mostly because I just miss talking to you guys. So that'll uh, that'll be fun to do. All right. Well, with, with that said, Kevin, you... You know, you you were reformatting and changing the show. You've been doing the show, you know, for as long for pretty much as long as I've known you, and you've done a couple of format changes. How how difficult is it just trying to juggle that many shows and trying to find a niche for each one? And do, do the same audience members from from your VGN days carry over to these new projects, or are you meeting new people as well? Well. I mean, the original idea was sort of an experiment. I mean, we didn't even really start out as a podcast. You know, we started out as a shoutcast stream, and uh, podcasting had just basically appeared, and uh, I was looking for new avenues in order to uh, spread the show around. And there were some other things out there, like Mercora and stuff. I, I tried that at Live 365. You know, I was doing a bunch of different things, and podcasting was just an outgrowth of, of all of those things. And, you know, at the time, I was actually uh, managing the video game list for um, the podcast host because there was no place, there was no central directory where you could actually find podcasts except for this one main website, which basically had a handful of podcasts that existed. I mean, because basically it was just audio blogging at the time, and most people weren't actually doing, like, shows and that sort of thing. It was just uh, people talking to their wife and, you know, um, saying what they did during the day or, or discussing jazz music or something with a friend. And, um, you know, we I just decided, well, why don't I just release a radio show and put this out there? And then what happened, basically, of course, was that, uh, you know, there was a push to get it put onto iTunes, and then that happened, and that's basically when we went from, like, having, like, a hundred listeners to like 10,000 something listeners, you know, and, uh, the drag the server down and, you know, we were number 13 on the top whatever list of all podcasts because we were the only video game podcast that existed on that list, except for, I think orange lounge radio, which I think just plays space music or something. It's not the same thing. So, um, we, uh, you know, we went through a lot of different server things. You know, we tried to make it so it went with a BitTorrent feed. And, you know, I had to upgrade the server multiple times until I got, like, a shared hosting thing. And I poured a lot of money into it in order to try and, like, support this big audience that we had that was trying to get at the show. And, um, but, of course, what ends up happening is that, you know, in very short order, a lot of people just listened to my show and was just like, shit, I can do this, I can do this better, you know, and, and uh, a lot of places uh, that actually have money, of you know, uh, started to put out professional shows, 
and releasing them as you know as lost leaders in order to get advertising. And we slowly moved down the the ratings chart into oblivion. I think is where we are now. I mean, I don't think you can even find us anymore uh, because there's so many shows that are you know of higher quality that people are looking for and and are basically um, put together by organizations that just have budgets and radio people and soundboards and studios and you know and, and there's a lot of independents out there too that just have i don't know a little bit more um free time to spend tweaking it just right versus the working class man's podcast which was basically what vgn was all about and uh, we changed the format multiple times through the years you know we went from video game news to a medispective format because we talked a lot more about movies and music and stuff and just over the years, the show has slowly uh, lost audience. I mean, it's just one of those things that a lot of people kind of got tired of podcasting. A lot of people had a hard time finding us. A lot of people's tastes change. You know, we've been around since 2004 and it's 2011. And, you know, you start with somebody that's like 17 or 18, like Jedi maybe when he first started listening. I don't know how old you were, Jedi. And, um, it was 23, thank you. Yeah, 23, right. And then you get people that... You know, start, they get married, they have families, and they have kids during this time. I mean, that's exactly what happened to a guy we referred to as Sheep. You know, he started out, you know, I think not even married and got married, and I think he had a kid, and he just got, he, you know, he went on his way. And that's just what happens. But the problem is, is that we don't have marketing budget to um, bring in new listeners. And um, it's very hard to find this because it's such a saturation of gaming shows, and we're a very different kind of show. And so... Um, it's always been a struggle to try to find a format that would be attractive enough to uh, um, bring in new listeners while also appeasing the old listeners, you know. And and that's always like the the thing you have to sort of you have to sort of weigh uh, which way it goes. But ultimately, I I realized that after doing it for so long that the other hosts that were on the show were really no longer looking forward to doing it every single week like we were doing. And I tried to make a lot of adjustments. To make it easier on them, but ultimately they still never really um, embrace what we were doing, and I ultimately decided that it would be better if um, I just took over complete control of it and sort of spun it into its own thing because um, the show had lost all of its energy that it had over the years. And it was still funny. We still have a lot of funny segments, but uh, you know, I'm sure Jedi could even say that going through like the last greatest hits, it probably took them longer than it did on the earlier Greatest Hits because it was harder to find all of those segments uh, that we did that were really hilarious versus the times when we had a lot more energy and we were a lot more upbeat. So anyway, that's like the whole history of the show as to where it stands now, and this is basically an experiment. And, you know, we still get together and we still do shows, all of the, you know, the hosts, and when we do do them, I think they're a lot of fun now because people haven't done them in a long time. But at the same time, uh, you know, with the spill thing going on now where I've got, I mean, basically I record for that show three or four times a week, which is, a, you know, a lot of recording for one for one outfit. Um, trying to get all this stuff for VGN together now on the opposite side is, is a little bit taxing to, to squeeze all my time in, but uh, I'm making it work. All right. Now, Jedi, you you came in as a fan, you were saying, um, initially, yeah. and I remember, I, remember I, I, too, came in as a fan uh, right. many times calling in. Um, you actually were inspired from VGN to do iPirate Radio, I remember, for a time being. Right. Um, you know, what What did VGN do for you to motivate you to do that? Um, well, I think there was a few different things. Part of it was the fact that um, the technology was so um, new and available 
the fact that you could put out a radio show basically by having a laptop and a microphone and maybe a couple t- editing tools was pretty pretty cool to have and that wasn't something that I had really had any sort of exposure to beforehand um, I worked a job at the time where I sat in front of a computer and we were allowed to listen to headphones and so I listened to podcasts all the time um, mostly I would I would listen to v- when a new VGN came out I would probably listen to it at least twice maybe sometimes three times in that same day at work uh, just because I, I, there was nothing else to listen to and I, I like to listen to that so I guess I just took the inspiration. I worked with a guy, a guy uh, who's a good friend of mine who I thought was pretty, pretty fun. I say, hey, you know, we should do this for fun and just spin off and do, and do our own thing, which was, you know, admittedly very similar in some aspects to VGN in terms of what we talked about. We talked about gaming. Well, we, we were a little bit more broad, you know, at that point. We, we tried to cover the news. We tried to cover local news. We tried to add our own spin on it and throw in some sound effects and everything like that. And it, it wasn't it didn't last very long. I think we got up to about 20 episodes before one of our main guys got married and I switched jobs and, you know, timing and everything just, just fell apart. But um, it was definitely a fun time when we did it, even though it wasn't most of the time it wasn't very funny to anybody but ourselves. You know, we were all in the same room trying to just to get through a segment together. Um, and so that was just basically inspiration, I guess. It's just I, I love the show a lot, and I thought I'd try my own hand at it. Um, and it was fun. It's a good learning experience. With regards to that, I you know I learned a lot from Kevin. I'll be a hundred percent honest. I wouldn't be where I am if I, Kevin wouldn't have given me the inspiration to do it. So, and that, don't don't even don't sit there and be modest. It's a it's a hundred percent fact. I listened to VGN. I enjoyed what they did. Um, they inspired me to do it. And you know, I always I always make sure to acknowledge that. And the one thing I've always noticed, especially with what Kevin's been doing, is that he can juggle so many things and there can be so much banter and side talk and etc but he's always focused on banging a show out so you know that the, there's a lot of dedication that goes into that and you know i've known Definitely. i've known kevin like i said since you know 2005 and that's one thing that's never wavered now with regards to that has your with the with the put it like this with the improvement of technology has making all these shows become easier has it become easier for you to do and save money in terms of overhead because running this a lot of people don't understand that money goes involved into hosting equipment etc 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 so by the time it's done you're not you're paying money to hear yourself talk how does how has that changed for you over the years with regards to overhead and you know working with other with other people and generating revenue well i think you know the the main thing was when i started doing this is that i felt like you know i I had a job and i didn't have i don't have kids and you know i got paid pretty decent and i felt that um i mean most of the time there was times like i was right near the poverty line but that was in the beginning and um i uh you know felt that i could pour money into this show and what I was really trying to do, I think, was appease an audience. I was trying to say to the audience, look, we can add features. We can give you different ways of getting the show. You know, I had a live stream that was streaming all the time in case somebody wanted to just turn on a different way of listening, like onto a cell phone, you know, wanted to hear it live, wanted to get onto the live stream. You know, we've tried video. Um, you know, we purchased a blog talk radio thing. You know, we could take callers. Uh, I, I poured in, like, an enormous amount of money into VGM. And um, I could not stop the audience dwindling. And it's not 
I think from lack of content, it's again, it's from lack of marketing. And I really tried to, I, um, my goal was ultimately was, um, I was hoping that by making the show easier to get to and more attractive to listen to, that people through word of mouth would spread the, you know, spread the idea of the show around. But um, it just doesn't seem to work that way, and, you know, it really needs... I mean, Spill has sort of shown me that when you have an investor of some sort that can, you know... Because basically, the Spill model is a, is a copy of, of VGN's model. I mean, they just have a budget, and they have a video talent, of course, which is how they make their money. But the actual shows is a bunch of guys in a room talking about you know, something in a show format with one guy leading the way. I mean, it's the same exact science, you know. And I think Corey would say that that's true because that's what he listened to first. And then he said, shit, I can do the same thing. But the big difference is, is they have an investment backer that has basically millions of dollars that they can spend promoting their shows and building websites and hiring people and doing all these sorts of things in order to make it grow. Where trying to do it on your own, is extremely difficult unless you're you're sort of niche. I mean, I think, you know, hopefully, Rich, you're able to, you know, be that guy that can do it because I think the video game market is just too saturated. I mean, it's just too big, and there's so many choices that if you're a kid and you go on iTunes and there's, you know, 5,000 gaming shows to listen to, um, you know, you're going to listen to the probably the more polished, more professional ones that have money backing them to clean up the sound and hire editors and make things, you know, get sound effects and all the people in there because it's just going to sound a lot more, you know, better and cleaner and all this. And, you know, we're really more like gutter radio, you know, the kind of thing like it's just in the back thing. And you've got to have a certain amount of patience and, you know, intelligence to sort of listen to it and, and get what we're doing, you know, and it's not for everybody. But the people that do get it, you know, I, I think are tend to be a smarter, you know, um, audience member because they have that patience that they can sit there and listen through some of the terrible audio problems that we've had over the years and actually get to the meat of what we're doing on the show. But anyway, to answer your question about funds, you know, I decided that um, basically about a year ago that I would start wrapping up the uh, the costs that were going into the show because it was costing thousands and thousands of dollars a year. And now it probably costs me, I don't know, everything altogether probably runs around maybe a thousand or two thousand dollars at the most a year, where before it was costing maybe ten thousand dollars or more a year just to do the show. Holy shit. Now, yeah. that, that is a, that is a monstrous, monstrous amount of money. Um, yeah. What, why did it become so expensive? Was it because you were trying to run, you know, your own dedicated servers and all the... Uh, yeah, know? I mean, basically, we had a dedicated server. We paid for a lot of services, and we had a lot of premium services. You know, we weren't... You know, a lot of people didn't use them, you know? But, I mean, you know, when you're paying for, like, um, say, a Live 365 subscription service where you're broadcasting out, I paid for a Shoutcast server that was hosted by people so we could stream to multiple people. It wasn't coming out of my bandwidth. It was coming out of theirs, but I had to pay for it. You know, and uh, we had to, you know, we have domain registrations that we have to run, and, you know, we have um, uh, the, the own internal network here and, and the secondary network. And, um, I mean, I could, I, I audited it all together at one point and kind of laid it out for everybody and let everybody see where all the numbers were and what everything was costing at one point. And I, um, 
it was pretty much up there. And, and, you know, a lot of people, a lot of the audience members said, look, you don't need all this stuff. You know, in my, in the forums on VGM, they're like, you know, just get rid of some of this stuff because it's costing you all this money and it's fucking crazy that you're spending all this money. And I, you know, I mean, I kind of agreed and, you know, and started to tone stuff down. I mean, when you look at stuff on a monthly charge, you know, you sit there and you say to yourself, like, for instance, you know, like Libsyn, you know, you sit there and say, okay, well, I host VGN on Libsyn and I'm paying the $20 plan, you know, right. but over the course of a year, that's $240, right? That's so right. That's $240 and then you times it by four shows and now you've almost got $1,000 right there from just hosting four shows on just Libsyn, you know, just that service. And when you start adding in all the other services and the hosting packages, which are all a lot more money, and you stack that all together, yeah, it easily, easily goes up to that that amount of money. And, you know, I didn't mind paying it. It was money that I would constantly remark how I was just flushing it down the drain, you know, just burning it. And um, I, I just, you know, I just decided that that was just a waste of cash. Because it just, if the audience would have grown, I would have kept doing it, you know. But, I mean, the thing is, is that when you go from, like, having thousands of listeners to basically where we're at now, where we've got about maybe a 1,000 listeners, I mean, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't work out. You're, you're, I'm basically paying like $10 a listener, you know? I mean, I'm about to just mail everybody a check and just say, please keep listening, you know? <laughs> it doesn't work. Well, with regards to that, and I, and I, and I got some stuff for Jedi too, I mean, my, and I can understand your overhead frustration because I, I've experienced it as well. And I said to myself, this is what Kevin was talking about, especially, over the last few months, you know, because you've got to pay Blog Talk Radio, I actually increased my plan with Libsyn to start doing more exclusive content. Then you got your hosting. Then you have your advertising that you pay for, you know, like Facebook. You know, I pay Facebook for advertising. And I... Go, go to a trade show. I mean, you're going to go to Comic-Con. You know, you're going to do that. I mean, what are you doing that for fun? No, I mean, I mean maybe a little bit, but you're doing it for your show, you know, and you got to pay. It's all work. Well, right. that's, that's the thing, too. When, when you're doing this... It becomes round the clock work, and Jedi knows because Jedi, I can message Jedi at three o'clock in the morning Eastern about something. Yeah, and it's it's a thing where it consumes you because it's the necessity to be at the top of your game because you know you're missing that one spark, that one catalyst. So, you know, seeing the amount of money you've spent and how you feel your audience has not abandoned you, but but I guess evolved. Is right. a little is a little frustrating. So I, dude, I'm I'm a hundred percent there with you. I you guys have heard broadcasts where where I literally shit on my audience because people are are very fickle and they expect a thousand things. I had a guy that actually rated the show one star on iTunes because I wasn't uploading it fast enough. <laughs> and um, needless yeah. to say, when I read that review that Thursday, I had to elaborate. <laughs> what what goes into getting the show between broadcasting on Blog Talk Radio, waiting for them to upload it, then I download it, then I edit it, then I post it. it, right. it, it then that wasn't me, by the way. I know I've talked to you about getting the show. Oh, no, 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 no. no. no it, I know it wasn't you, but... It, it, and then when the guy heard it, he changed his review. Because he's like, holy shit, man, I didn't understand, and Blog Talk Radio's fucked up. And I'm like, ah, oh, well, you know, it's don't, you know, awfully demanding for something that's free. Right, free, and how many hours do you put into it? I mean, you're not getting paid to do it. You three, know what I mean? Three yeah. hours to broadcast, you know, an hour and a half to edit, maybe right. two. Plus, 
you sit around and you're setting things up and talking to people and arranging things. I mean, it's it is an immense amount of time and effort to do things, you know. And and it's it's just hard rounding up everybody to get a show going on half the time. You spend hours just doing that. I know. It, it, people don't people don't realize that when you're trying to do something, it, it is uh, it is an immense expense and a lot of time to put into these things. Well, this this is what's going to take me now into Jedi. Jedi, you've been doing you know the best of collections, and you've also sure been working on a on a lot of audio stuff did that passion for working with with audio and and doing that stuff stem from your work with vgn and with podcasting or was that something you always had well it's kind of twofold um definitely the audio editing part came along with doing work for vgn i've always i wouldn't say i've always been a sound guru or anything like that or that i've had some sort of special knack for it i haven't i sort of grew into that but I, you know, being a musician, and I've been I've been a musician for a long, long time. You know, music and sound and all that stuff has been in my life for a very long time. And actually, a lot of the work that I'm doing now is more writing music and composing music, and uh, using programs like Logic and um, GarageBand to do that sort of thing. But um, in terms of yeah, doing the editing and everything, I mean, I I just did it for fun because to be honest, when I <laughs> I just I felt like I wanted to be a part of the show somehow, and and this is going to sound really stupid when I say it, but you know when when you first listen to it and you hear the show and you, these guys are funny, you know Kevin and Brian and and the, the video, it's video game shows and and you don't know them and you just kind of think, oh my gosh, these guys are like rock stars, you know what I mean? Like I remember being so nervous the first time I was on the show or the first time that I talked to Kevin and 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 now it's like no big thing, you know, like you know I consider him a friend and we talk like like normal, but. When you're there, you're just kind of you kind of like, oh, what can I do? What can I do to help the show? What can I do? And um, I just got audacity, and I and I, I guess I have an ear for for how things go together. I have somewhat of a knack for understanding how um, sound should flow and how um, transitions should work. And so I just threw the first one together, and um, I got a lot of really positive feedback for it. And that honestly, after the first one, that was what really launched me into doing more of it. And um, because that, that just that positive feedback that I got really inspired me to, to constantly try to outdo myself. And if you've listened to if you've listened to all five of them, which I'm sure you have, they, there's noticeable improvements. There are some times where yep. things get a little, get, get a little messed up. You know, I always have some sort of audio issue or something goes wrong. Like on the last one, you know, there was a noticeable um, echo or reverb effect that I I I got on there because I just bought Logic Pro and or Logic Express and I didn't know how to use it all 100%. But you'll notice that, you know, the editing's tighter normally. There's more effects. There's more. So it's really helped push me. And um, I have to basically credit almost all of that to, to VGN for pushing me in that direction. And um, it's something that if I ever got the opportunity to do it professionally or even independently for, for a friend or something, um, I would definitely jump at that opportunity. Well, that's, you know, that's one thing I was going to, I was going to go into also is the tribute shows and you know you talk about the the sound issues and all that one of the 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 great things about listening to VGN for so many years is that you know the fuck ups become <laughs> a regular you know a regular occurrence that you that you almost feel need to happen to complete the show I remember right. plenty of times Don Anderson would call and he'd, he'd die halfway through the through the show up oh, we lost Don Right. And, you know, that becomes a gag almost, you know, the, before there was internet memes, you know, it was like, oh, we lost Don, or Don's calling us from his barn, 
or <laughs> you know Brian's worshiping the devil before he calls in, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you know it becomes a calling card for the show. So that that's one thing with with the audio editing that I've noticed is that even though you you've improved it and improved it and improved it, the fuck ups need to happen. <laughs> Yeah, there's just no way to avoid it. It seems you know, like go if you go back and listen to the last show that we did, the last official VGN show, not counting the the you know the Midwest Wasteland, you'll hear me audibly pounding my fist on the desk and <laughs> almost going into a blind rage because I could not get my sound and my headphones to work. Like it was coming through. And this is after what seven years of podcasting. We can't even get to like an hour and a half show with everybody on the line or somebody getting hung up on or somebody's audio is just going crazy. And yeah, I mean, most of the time it's it's really it's funny to listen back to. But honestly, man, when you're in the middle of it, like people are laughing. But when you're when, it, when it's happening, it is so frustrating. Oh, you know? I know. You can't do anything. And then Brian's just talking like nothing's even going on, you know, and you have no idea where you're at. And the whole sentence is like, blah, blah, blah. and, you know, Don's just doing whatever and so it's frustrating that you're i completely agree with you that there's a lot of those there's a lot of those moments that get into the best of because some of them are just hilarious like that one time where like we me and don and and, and kevin were doing a, a vg extended and it sounded like somebody was, was like holding a, like a vacuum cleaner up to the um <laughs> up to the mic and it kept getting louder i was trying to fix this like you know i got sucked into the jet turbine and i i think i can listen back to that now and it still gets me to tears it's so funny yeah, those are those are great moments, and they become a, a staple, which which brings me to something that you know Kevin touched on with Spill, and I'm gonna actually reference now, and that's with with all these advancements, you know, between Twitter and Facebook and UStream, and how has that benefited or hindered the show since it's become so commonplace now? Well, I definitely think that it makes it easier to distribute a live show. Uh, before, you had to basically host all the bandwidth yourself, and that's always been, a like, you know, basically impossible. You'd have two people listening at the same time, and then your bandwidth would fall off the, you know, the earth. So uh, having these services available that you can do, um, that is great. Well, you know, we're trying to, you know, we dabble in a little video, which, you know, some of the live listeners seem to enjoy, you know, when we do it on Ustream, and we we do, like, little... Um, uh, well, they, they get to see the hosts, and we get to show some trailers of some games and stuff. But it's not a perfect system. I mean, you know, it's it's about as good as everything else we do. It's kind of all half-assed, and um, but we try, and you know, we, we we try to give people a little bit more and a little bit something to talk about or look at or do, or you know, and and listen to, and um, you know, I, these services are pretty cool. But I think you know, one of the interesting things that's happened as well with podcasting and 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 with the with the market it, that this area represents is the fact that YouTube didn't really exist when podcasting first started. And then what happened was is that YouTube kind of um, came took along. Over. Yeah, and kind of took over. I mean, this this streaming video thing became, you know, a life of its own. And people that um, are out on the net spend a lot more time, you know, listening and watching these, these little videos everywhere than they do listening to just straight-up audio shows. And I think that's one reason why Spill became a success uh, because they had that um, that video element that we don't currently have. And, you know, uh, that's something that I've been trying to dabble in a little bit, look at and say, you know, maybe if we were, uh, you know, in running some kind of video, we would have a little bit more, um, 
exposure because that seems to be where all the eyes are these days. And it's not to say that there aren't people that are just listening because obviously if you're driving in your car listening to, you know, the radio is your only option. You're not watching a video or you're in the ditch somewhere, you know. Um, but uh, Can I jump in on this a little bit, Kevin? Absolutely. I think that the – I think I agree with what you're saying, but to kind of go back to the original question or the original idea just about looking at social media and how it's changed, I honestly think that in order to become famous, quote-unquote, or, or to really expand your audience, you almost have to do it by accident because there's so much social media and there's so many people tweeting out every little thing or putting videos up of every little thing that you don't even know where to begin. You know what I mean? And you go you go and you look at well what's what's the hot video of the week? And it's just something stupid that happened to somebody. It's not like somebody's stand up comic routine normally, you know what I mean? And I, I can I can't think of a more perfect example of somebody who hit it super big and then now is a complete internet failure than our good buddy McFry. Who if you go onto his YouTube <laughs> you call the guy out on a radio show. What are you doing, man? Come on. No, I'm just saying no, I'm trying to use that as an example because look I didn't really, I didn't really even notice until I looked at it recently. But if you type in "doing your mom" on YouTube, that's that video has over 15 million views. And Jesus. if you look on McFry's personal video, he gets like 300 views a video, and most of them are saying "you're gay," "you suck," or they're just one thing like repeated, repeated, repeated. So it's like I don't think that <laughs> these things help necessarily are, are guarantee or more exposure is is the answer necessarily i think it can help you sustain exposure because the other guy ray william johnson the other guy in the video is still pulling 20 million views a video that he does but um but i i just don't think that that is going to be your ticket in if you think i'm going to get this great podcast and everybody's going to see it because i'm i'm tweeting it out and i'm sending it everywhere yeah that's good for the people that know your show and the people that listen but you there's got to be a, a some other way to break onto the scene, I think, if you're really going to make it big or just bust your ass. Like, I actually think, Akuma, you're doing a really good job of getting people on. I'm real, I'm always surprised. I'm constantly, I shouldn't be surprised, but I'm constantly impressed, I should say, that you get the caliber of people that you do on the show. You get, you get legit people on to talk about, um, MMA and talk about whatever it is they're promoting. And, um, that, that is impressive. And I'm not saying that DGN couldn't have done that. The one time that, that Kevin had Dean Takahashi on. <laughs> was like one of the most criticized shows ever and uh, because it just didn't fit with the flow of the show. But, it, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. I think oversaturation is, makes it so hard to, to find your niche and to really stand out amongst all this stuff. I, I, I hear what you're saying, but my, my point of this is is not to um, try and make a, like, a video and then somebody's going to see it and we're going to get a million viewers and then the show's going to be huge. Uh, the, the, the point of it is to get new people to look at it. Because the problem is is that there's no exposure right now. Zero. How do you find the show? If you don't know to type in video game news radio, how would you find the show? There's no way to find it. So you have to rely on people running across it. And the funny thing is is that I have videos up that are on YouTube because I would post up uh, trailers of, of different games, right? And I mean, most of them, like, say, the Madden NFL, we produce your video, you know? That has 705 views. I mean, it's nothing. Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare has 158 views. It's nothing. But for some crazy reason, Age of Empires 3, the Asian Dynasties, has 142,000 views. <laughs> so there's, like, if you put up a review of a game, yes, you're absolutely right. I'm going to get 10 people watching the review of the game. And 
But one time, I'm going to have an Asian Dynasties-like review, and there's going to be 140,000 people that are going to happen to watch it because, for some reason, it might, like, insult the Chinese people or something, and billions of people are going to come and look at this thing. But a few of those people can be converted into possible long-term listeners. I mean, Spill has brought me more long-term listeners into the shows, especially Midwest Wasteland. But, you know, it still doesn't convert. There's not enough eyes on those shows. So, you know, the thing is, is that you basically, like Rich is doing, is to try and um, build your audience. You have to kind of go out and work the system where you can. And my, mm-hmm. my Liz, is to try and just get more eyes. I mean, that's, right, right. you know, or more ears, I guess. Well, I, think, I think Rich is doing something, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, but Rich, I mean, despite all, the, all the, the angst and everything and the sort of, I guess, appealing to the common man type um, attitude that you have on your show, you're still in a, in a, approaching this thing from a somewhat professional manner in terms of you're really concerned about your brand. You go out, you do the research. Like I said, you get people on. You promote the hell out of everything. I think VGN is more just like a like a come in, sit and listen and be entertained for, for an hour and a half, listen to people talk about stupid things. You know what I mean? Like, I, it, for, for you... Uh, Rich, it seems like you're taking like more of like I really want to make this a business, and I can't think of anybody else except for like MMA reporter Ariel Hawani who does you know is like an independent MMA reporter and who managed to hit it big time and now he's doing a bunch of high profile interviews. Is that the kind of approach that you have? Because yours is more. It seems like I guess what I'm trying to say is yours seems more professional. VGN seems more of a hobby. Well, here's the funny thing, and I'll and I'll answer that with with VGN. One of the one of the huge connecting points. That, that makes VGN appeal to so many people is the fact that you guys don't try and put a uh, technological spin on it. You don't try to talk down to your audience. You guys are on the same level as everybody else in, in terms of just um, appreciating the medium for what it is. You know, Kevin will go on there and he'll be like, yeah, I played this game for three hours and it was complete shit. And, and, and you want to hear that. You don't want to hear, well, I kind of felt it was graphically inferior to the past game. You don't, some people don't want that. And there's, sure. a, there's a niche for that. The, the VGN community, you know, fits in a demographic that appeals to the guys that like to listen to the Adam Carolla podcast. Guys that like to listen to the Joe Rogan experience. People that like that sort of real, visceral view on life that doesn't always have to be a bed of roses. So I think that the problem with regards to that is just that with with VGN, it hasn't met the right set of ears yet to help it move along. And when it does meet the right set of ears, they hang out and there's so many changes because VGN is still trying to find itself that, you know, they 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 get lost in it. With me, I just took what I do and I realized, wow, people don't mind listening to my bullshit for three hours. And I said to myself, maybe there's more to it than just me sitting here bullshitting for three hours. And I just started to apply that same energy I applied to everything outside of radio towards it. And I said, let's see where this goes. And little by little, it's been growing. And, you know, we've been putting the show in different places. And, you know, those are the, the small victories. Don't get me wrong. There's I'm not getting numbers that I want to get. I'm not getting guests I want to get. Um, you know, my site is still evolving into where i'm totally happy with it there's a lot of off-air negative stuff that i don't like about what i do you know there's just you know cattiness a lot of elitism you know some people they get their holier than thou and uh, my audience is severely skewed 
severely bitter about whatever I'm covering. So if I'm doing MMA, the video game guys are like, "Ugh, he's doing MMA. I'll be back." <laughs> or you know, if it's if it's the wrestling fans, they're like, oh, "I don't want to hear about the fucking UFC. Fuck them." You know, let's talk about Stone Cold. Or you know, even the movie buffs, they're like, "Ah, oh, you're talking about that's games." True. That's the way I am. It's like I, 20 I, I, minutes. It's like, "Ah, oh, 20 minutes of fucking games." I had a guy who actually told one of my guests, the guest I had last week, um, Cameron Conway, they were like, hey, man, you had a really good interview, but it went a little long, though. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me that I'm reading this shit? But that's what happens because that's the kind of audience you have. What you have to do at that point is just keep doing what you're doing, and sometimes you got you got to treat your audience like shit. you got to be... Re- if they enjoy you being rude and crass, then sometimes you got to hit them over the head with reality. Which Kevin right. does, too. I like what Kevin does. He'll be like, hey, man, you know, we do this shit for you fuckers. If you don't like it, don't listen. Yeah, I think the reason that, you know, uh, Richard's show grows and you get a good audience is because you're a trusted source of information. I mean, I think that, you know, what Elliot is saying is that, you know, he can turn on your show and he respects your opinion about stuff and you offer perspective on things that are, um, di- you know, different than maybe his own. And then you're also approachable. He can call your show, could talk to you about it, you know, and that makes your show really good and, you know, um, more interesting than just a lot of these sounding box shows where a guy just talks and, you know, isn't as approachable and basically is a bunch of stuff that you can just find on the web somewhere that he's talking about. Um, that, and that's an approach that I tried to do with VGN. I tried to be more informative. Um, but the problem is, is that, the existing audience doesn't want that. The existing audience wants Brian making fart jokes right. and <laughs> laughing like Snively and um, Don Anderson being barely awake or snoring on the microphone. I mean, you know, it, 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 that's... That's the niche. That's the audience. They, that, they, like I said, you they want that. They want that, that, that you know, that, microscope. I think that there's, there's room for both, and I've been trying to struggle to find that. And Spill has become an outlet for, say, the more professional while still being somewhat funny, while VGN remains being mostly funny. But now that the format's changing, it'll be a little bit more serious. I, and we'll see how it goes. But I have no I have no illusions that we're going to take on G4 or anything anytime soon. I mean, there's just one of those things with the, you know, the gaming outlet. At this point, it's always going to remain a hobby because there's no money in it. And if it ever finds a voice, hey, man, look, if, I, if some rich guy came along to me and said, hey, well, Freaking hire all you guys, and you know we could do a show all day. I, Brian, you know, I could he'd quit his truck driving job, and we could just have a show about him. It, you know, it, I think that would entertain like everybody because the guy just says the craziest shit all the time. You know, and it's, it'd be hilarious if I just sat there and yelled at him for about you know an hour. I mean, that's what people are into. But um, translating that into a new audience member, you know, it, it's hard because, you know, you listen. It takes time. Yeah, if you listen to all of these podcasts and you're listening to them one by one, trying to find out what you want to listen to, we sound like everything else. I mean, outside of maybe I have a different radio voice than, you know, some kid that's going, we really like Nintendo, you know. At <laughs> the, 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 the end of the thing, you're hearing bad audio and bad production and so people are sitting there and saying, well, this is just the same as everything else. And, I, and I've actually said, you know, I've, I've tried to have, you know, tell people, look, you got to listen to more than one show. You know, I had an intro at one point that said you got to listen to more than one show so you start to get it, you know, and you could hang on. But I don't know, man. It's just it, my main problem, and it all comes back around to saying the same thing, is that at this point there's no way to find the show. There's just no way to find it. It doesn't exist. If you 
you know, thank God you're letting me come on your show and talk about my show because you can't find my show any other way. You know, I mean, you'd have to basically go out and search for it. And uh, how would you even know what to search for? I guess if you were like, I need to read some news about video games and you type in video game news. And I think the first thing that comes up is GameSpot. So I don't know, you know. Well, that's how you originally got your, your your audience in the first place, I think, Kevin, because when podcasting first hit iTunes, you were the only gaming show out there. Exactly. Right. That's what I said earlier. Right. I was the so only- people didn't have a choice. They weren't like, I think that's like how I fell into it. I was like, I first listened to it. I had no idea what I was listening to. I'm like, this is the dumbest show. Like, <laughs> these guys have no idea. You know, Brian, Brian sounds, you know, Brian and Don sounded the, like the exact same person to me at one point. Um and then I was like, well, I'm going to go listen to something else. I'm like, uh, you know what? There's no other video game podcast. I'll just keep Perfect. listening. And then now, you know, now I'm here. So now, but now it's like, they'll listen to 10 seconds. If you don't like catch their attention immediately, there's yeah. a billion other choices. You know, so What Rich is saying is true. The audiences are fickle and they're fickle over something that's free. But at the same time, look, to be fair to them, there are a thousand other choices out there that they can listen to for free you know the the rules have changed and so it's very hard to find that audience member that really wants to listen to your show and 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 keeps listening to it and i think part of you know we can sit here and talk about all the problems i mean i think shows are too long nobody wants to sit and listen to a two-hour show on my show i mean i know rich you do like three hours or something it's incredible um but uh i'm just saying we you know Making them smaller and a little bit easier and absorbable might be the better way to go. There's still so many experiments I'm willing to try and do to just kind of let it catch on, but I'm just done spending all the money. Oh, I, I, absolutely, and I I see exactly where you're coming with that. And with, with that, I you know I the only reason I do the show for three hours is because I do four topics. There have been instances where I've said to myself, you know, I really should go shorter, and it's impossible. <laughs> and I've tried to split it up, and maybe, yeah, let me just do the My Take Radio Wrestling show. It, it doesn't work. Because too many things bleed into too many other things. Like, you know, wrestlers going into MMA, MMA fighters going into wrestling, uh, wrestlers that like to play games, MMA fighters that love to play video games, movie buffs that also are MMA fans. So at that point, I kind of have, have exhausted my options. Now, to go back into what you were saying with, with getting your show out there, are you only putting your show on iTunes, or have you um, gone into other outlets like, you know, Zoom Marketplace and, it, you know, the things like that? Have you gone into that to just get a, a newer reach? Yeah, I mean, I have in the past, and I could probably sit down once the new format is more ironed out and uh, try and do it again, um, you know, to, to try and put it in some of these things. but. I'm not always sure that a lot of these outlets even generate anything. I mean, there's a lot of these podcast websites out there that um, I don't know if there, you know more than five people go to them. I mean, I, I add the shows where I find them, Blueberry and all that sort of stuff to try and pick up stuff, you know. Um, but I don't, I'm always kind of looking for the next, you know, the next uh, avenue that's you know going to kind of take over and and change the dynamic the way podcasting did, you know that sort of changes the exposure but it's um i don't know i don't you know I, I i don't know what it is that you know can bring in more it the problem is again i don't know i mean i i don't follow your you know like say the mma and, and stuff like that i don't know how many shows there are that are consistently updated like yours is that covers mma as professionally as you do yeah i'm sure there's some but 
it's your competition is probably not anywhere near as large as the video game competition. I mean, it's just it's just gigantic. And I have the unfortunate domain or, or show name of video game. So if you're looking at shows in alphabetical order, eh, you're never going to find us. Well, have you have you given any thought? Now you were mentioning that you had the channel, also. You know, you had YouTube also. Just of of taking your shows, cutting up certain parts, and putting them on YouTube. That's exactly what the new format is going to do. Yeah, that, that, there we go. I think I, I think that one of the, one of the things that that always sets you apart is your need to constantly reinvent VGN, which is good. I've always felt that VGN, in and of itself, and just the the entire brand you guys put out should just be its own network of stuff because there's. You know, for the people that want to just hear your stuff, like, honestly, I like the Oblast when you're talking about cooking and, and all this crazy stuff because I share some of those interests. So right. it, it's nice getting that view. Hell, you know, you could just do a show focusing on Brian's day, which, <laughs> you know, it, and just call it 15 minutes with, with Brian. And I guarantee you that there will be a niche for that because Brian is Brian <laughs> and the level the level of madness you can get out of that for 15 minutes is is insane right so right. i think i think with you VGN is more than just the one show you guys should just be a network of content because there's so many different ways you can do it between Donnie and Tumbleweed and you with 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 five shows and Brian when you drag them in there plus any stuff you do with Jedi plus the spill stuff you're your own network, man, at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I, uh, but at the same time, I, you know, a lot of these guys, uh, like Tumbling with Tumbleweed, uh, we all love Donnie, but that show is a disaster. I mean, I, I just think that he can't focus on anything and sort of have a theme to his show at all. It's mostly just a guy talking, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, he needs to have, you know, they, they lack focus. And, and, you know, that's something I was... That's kind of what the big experiment has always been, is to sit there and say, you know, can we get all these guys on that don't have focus and can I drive a show with all of them on there? It, it is a mess, you know, and it's funny and it's it, it it's a good time, but I just think over the years, you know, they just, everybody just got burned out on it. But, uh, you know, uh, I'm doing fine. Like I said, you know, Spill's growing. We did our first video. Um, yeah, it's got a huge... Kevin's ripped. Yeah, a huge amount of... I don't know if I'm ripped, but I, I definitely look like the... Uh, <laughs> The sheepdog from Foghorn Leghorn, and um, <laughs> the, uh, the the anyway that, that that's gotten a lot of very positive feedback, and you know there's a lot of people behind that, and there's a lot of influence there to kind of make that work. So I'm I'm proud of that for what little I do on it, um, but you know at the same time you know the rest of it is a, just a labor of love. I want to provide these shows because it entertains people, and if it only entertains 50 people then great, I'll keep doing it. You know, I mean, that's not a problem. But at the same time, I just got tired of telling the hosts they had to show up for Sundays and they didn't have anything and they were tired and they didn't really want to say anything and, you know, they'd rather just end the show and they'd say as much during the show. And that kind of negative attitude was just becoming too much for it. And it just had to kind of quit. You know, we're going to try something new here, and if it doesn't work, I'll try something else. But it's not going to go away. It's just, it, like you say, it has to evolve. Yeah, I'm I'm excited at the at the new concept, and I I definitely want to see it. I do, I I will tell you 100% that I I like Jedi's involvement because it creates a not only a unique dialogue between the two of you, but just Jedi Jedi's background always creates something extra 
that you can hone in on, whether it's you know his him disagreeing with Donnie or him disagreeing with Brian or his back and forth banter with Larry Mack. It always adds that extra level of of conversation where I, you know I know Jedi and we've discussed this. You've had you had detractors initially when you were involved yeah. with VGN, but that voice of of sanity to compliment Kevin's kind of helped offset it. So I you know I want to commend you for for sticking to it. Thanks a lot, man. That that does mean. You know, that means something to me. Appreciate it. Yeah, I think that Jedi has been a great addition to the show. And I, I think that, the you know, what people didn't understand about it at first was the fact that, you know, they thought of him as being the religious safe guy that would never say anything funny. But, you know, uh, after a while, he's really relaxed. And, you know, we've had a lot of banter with him back and forth. And he's, you know, he's, he's chewed us out. And we've chewed him out, you know. It kind of helped that I was going through, like, a bit of a depression, too. So I, I fit a little bit better into the show. you're basically approaching the age when you know uh we kind of started the show and so um you know you're you're getting where we were that middle of the road in your life and uh you know you can look back on things now and say you know uh this is kind of messed up you don't have that high school thing kind of floating over you anymore but um the point is is that you know you're he adds a, a different element to the show that I think has been um, very positive, and I don't understand all of the negativity around some of it, but, you know, whatever. It's funny. Just like he said, his microphone got all messed up, and he got pissed, and he started banging on his table. I never heard the guy so angry before, you know? And it's, it's, <laughs> it's funny to, uh, you know, to have that kind of thing go on or, or to have big arguments about Little Big Planet and things like that that, you know, a guy that actually plays video games on a video game show is usually a good idea in and of itself. <laughs> Well, there you have it. Um, my my last question is, um, and and this is something where I know probably Jedi won't have a definitive answer. Will you be focusing more of your energy into growing the Spill brand and integrating VGN into it, or is that something that you want to com- maintain as a separate entity as your baby? Uh, me myself. Yeah, do you do, you know? Do you ever want to see an animated Brian, <laughs> along with an animated Kevin, doing a show? Uh, you know, I mean, that really depends on what the whole thing sort of builds out into. I mean, the the, the interesting thing about Spill is that you know Corey Coleman is a really talented guy, but um, he's he's really scattered. You know, he's got things going all over the place, and there's a pretty big crew of people working on this stuff all the time. There was like six animators or something working on just that one little video that was there, and you know they have um, uh, a data center, they have a full-time programmer, they have all this stuff that actually goes into what they they have. And Corey's content manager, the vice president, quit, so Corey also acts as like the vice president or something like that. I don't even know. I mean, it, it's really complex. And so the thing is, is that it's his show. It, he decides what happens. I mean, he likes all the VGN stuff. You know, he's always been a fan of it. But there's been no um, interest in sort of integrating that because primarily, you know, the way that place makes money is through video. And a lot of the comedy that comes out has to be focused around that. And the subtle sort of Brian talking in the background or eating garlic bread or making fart noises and stuff just doesn't translate into the kind of thing that he's that Corey wants to do. It's it's touch and go. But to answer your question, if they came to me and said, you know, do you want to take this show and do something different with it and bring it over to Spill? Yeah, I'd do that because 
let them pay the bills for a while, man. I mean, you know, I would be great, but would the other guys do it and be as regular? Phil is demanding. I get an email every day that basically says, I mean, if you want to know about the inside of what goes on, this is the inside of what goes on. I get an email every day that basically says what I'm supposed to be playing and when we're going to record. And that might be like, we're going to record today, and we're going to record today at 6 o'clock. And you got to be there at 6 o'clock. And I'll, I'll be there at 6 o'clock, and then it'll be, it'll be like, okay, we're waiting, we're waiting. It'll be 7 o'clock, and then I'll be told, it's canceled. We're oh, do shit. <laughs> so then tomorrow comes... And they'll be like, okay, we're going to record, and we're going to do it at seven o'clock, and we're going to do we're going to do five shows from seven o'clock on. And, I, and basically, I have to clear my schedule. You know, I just oh. have to be like, okay, we're going to do it, and we're going to do five shows in a row, and then we'll do like three shows because then Corey will be like, you know what, I got to go, I got something I got to do, you know, I got a movie screening to go to, etc. So we'll push the shows, and then you know somehow you got to play the games to, to like review them, and. In all this time, you know, when you have a full-time job and you're doing these recordings, and then they're like, well, we're not going to, you know, you just bought that game for $60. Well, we're not going to actually review that game. So that, that game <laughs> we would play for like 20 hours. We're just going to throw that one away. We're not going to do that one because we don't have enough time. Oh, so, shit. And like Sundays, I start recording at like 3, 3.30, and that usually lasts till like 6 or 7 o'clock, you know, every Sunday. It just like eats my Sunday. It's like in the middle of the day, and it just like absorbs, you know, it, it just destroys it. And... During the week, it can be like a Tuesday and a Thursday, or a Tuesday, Wednesday, and a Thursday. It's usually what it is now. We record on Mondays. You know, it, it's it's incredibly, um, you know, it, you just have to be completely flexible. I mean, and a lot of people just can't, you know, you just can't do it. And they're not, like, paying me any kind of huge fucking amount of money or anything to even, like, basically they give me enough money to pay for the game that I'm playing. Oh, okay. So, you know, if I buy a game for 60 bucks. What they pay me to do a show covers that. That's it. Oh, okay. So that's pretty cool that, you know, they give me something. You know, I'm not doing it for free. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you, I'm spending an enormous amount of time to, to try to make this work. And I really want it to work. I really want this thing to work for Corey. I want it to work for Spill. I want it to work for the loading bar and, and, and everything that's around it. Because I just think that, like, what they're doing is making podcasting legitimate it, you know that it's something that like it's paid for and it's not a normal radio show you know we're not like howard stern or something this is a really podcasting and it's you know pretty raw and it's it's got four letter words in it and you know it's everybody kind of you know just talking about nonsense just like we do with vgn and it's the only one i know of that's actually profitable you know, and not like a Leo Laporte type of thing that's basically got a bunch of money poured into it, you know, from the outside, and it's like a loss leader. You know, this is something that actually profits on being a podcast. And so I want it to, I want it to be like, you know, this outstanding thing that allows all of podcasting to grow. Because if you have one, if, if this thing takes off, you know, and this market grows around this one show, then you have other companies, Zip Davis and, you know, um, uh, news and uh, t time, Walter, who knows? All these other entertainment venues going, hey, you know what? We actually can make money on podcasts. These guys are doing it over here. You know, these guys are making tons of money doing it. We need to invest in the same thing. And then everybody goes up and then everybody builds up, you know? Because right now it's just, I mean, I think podcasting is just considered so amateur and, and such a joke to the, to, to the mainstream 
market that we're just not we're not taken seriously. I don't know too many people that have actually transitioned out of podcasting into anything professional. I mean, I, I just don't. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I got to interrupt you. Um, I think that podcasting has become more of a supplemental material as opposed to what um, people go to listen to primarily. You know, like every single major, I'd say, sporting organization or news outlet will have a podcast of some sort. But when when, when you want to go to ESPN to find out the latest about what's going on in the sports world, you don't go to the podcast. You know what I mean? You go to their website. Uh, or you watch a video of what they're doing. So I think that podcasting is not going anywhere because plenty of people listen to them and they do. Every major outlet has a podcast, but it's just more of like this is supplemental. This is something for you to listen to, you know, when you're out gardening or whatever. It's not something that you you set aside to uh, to listen to for uh, uh, for all your content needs. So I think it's it's going to be hard to break it. Not saying well, it's I think, impossible, but I think, there's a, I think there's a driving market for it. I mean, I think that people listen while they drive. <laughs> people like drive, yeah. listen to, and and they subscribe to shows that they normally can't get, you know, through other through other ways. You know, if you want to listen to one of your favorite shows, you know, that's on the radio, and you're at work when that show's on, you'll get it, or you know, that kind of thing. And I, I think that you know, a lot of people listen to VGN and probably. Uh, might take radio the same way. You know, they're on their way to work and they're listening to that to that show while they while, while they travel back and forth and or on their way to school or whatever it is. I mean, I think that that market exists, but I'm with you. I mean, I think that as far as the industry is concerned, meaning the people with all the money, um, they don't see any commercial value in it right now. If they saw commercial value in it, you know, that people were listening and it built an audience and all that sort of stuff, I think there would be a lot more investment in it. I, I think that the investment that exists is, like you say, it's just um, – you know, it's it's very limited. It, you know, sort of, a, it's either a loss leader, um, or it's snippets, or you know, just something that you listen to while I think you said gardening. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah, not like we do a lot of that here, but <laughs> <laughs> no, sand gardening. No, I, I you know, I, I definitely appreciate Kev giving us insight into into the spill side of things. I think, you know, just to to to, to wrap it up nice and neat, I think that. What you guys are doing, there's a niche for. Like I said, I've seen guys, Joe, you know, Joe Rogan. I cite him as an example, not even because of his work with the UFC, but his podcast he does is, you know, him doing it on video. He does it a, a live stream, you know, and he's there talking about weed and political conspiracies and maybe some MMA, but it's never the main focus. He's just, you know, hanging out, shooting the shit, and. The, the thing with that is that that podcast was actually picked up and now plays on satellite radio. Um, Kevin Smith's Smodcast, same shit. The right people heard it, they throw it on the radio. Same thing happens with uh, Adam Carolla. It's just a matter of the right set of ears need to listen to you and connect with you, and, and you guys will get there, you know? Well, I mean, it, you know, you're picking up people that already were famous. You know, that I mean, I think Kevin Smith was advertising, like, uh... A fleshlight in order to make money on his show. No. You know, I, I think that we're the 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 investment dollars just aren't there. And yeah, I mean, it's easy to take Joe Rogan and stick him on a radio show or something. Plus, they have agents. Those agents are selling them to these people. You know, it, it, maybe that's what we all need. We all need an agent. You know, to go out and fight for us to get us uh, some kind of um, satellite radio deal. I mean, I really think, Rich, that you've got the best chance of taking what you do as an independent and, and making it big. I mean, I really do. Because 
you have a crap load of content. You're knowledgeable about everything. You can somehow, I don't know how, fill three hours of radio just talking every week about everything going on. I don't know how you know all this stuff that's going on because you have so many freaking responsibilities in your life, but somehow you manage to cram it all in there, and you get interviews going on with people. We're doing one right now, and you're doing, like, the side thing, you know, behind the mic, and it's like, dude, you know, you talk about somebody that needs to get, like, a deal. Like, somebody <laughs> listening to this needs to call you up on the phone and be like, look, we need to do a promotion, we need to get you to I mean, just have, like, some issue does it have you go down and do, like, some some ring announcing or something, you know, sit down <laughs> at, a, at, a, at a fight and just talk on the mic because, I mean, you could totally do it, you know? I mean, you would just be great at it because you got the right voice, you got the right attitude, you know, it makes sense, people trust you. I don't know. I mean, I, I think that somebody is going to hear what you're doing and it's going to happen for you. Just don't forget us small people out in cyberspace. Oh, hell no. I, I mean, here's, here's something, and, you know, I'll share it with you guys. I... I work a regular regular gig, and while I'm working, I'm working on all my show shit <laughs> while I'm working. It's not even a joke. Like, I'll have a spreadsheet open, and I'll have a Firefox browser running off a flash drive, and I am on Twitter, I am on Tumblr, I am on Facebook, I have an RSS running, I'm... Pitch, I, I actually am emailing companies and pitching and trying to get stuff to review and there is a a secondary side to it and that's why I don't ever anticipate somebody calling me randomly for it and that's one thing that you know I, I can I can share with you guys that a lot of it is working just behind the scenes to get the stuff like right now I'm trying to get sponsorships for for segments you know like the MMA segment this week is brought to you by this and I'm not waiting for the magical phone call. All I'm doing is I'm going to, to companies and shit that I like, hitting their contact button and being like, hey, this is us, this is what we do. Um, a big user of this or a big fan of this was wondering if you guys would be interested in doing this. We reach X amount of people. Your show would be heard X amount of times, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then you just hope for the best. And either they'll send you an email and go, eh, no, we don't, we, we're not interested, or yeah, maybe, but you know, not for money. Etc. 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 And then that's how it goes. I mean, for the interview series that we that we're doing for behind the mic and beyond the mic, uh, for beyond the mic, I go to everybody that's outside of radio, whether it's tech, uh, comics, whatever, and that niche is covered there. And I reached out to a guy I love. I love frozen yogurt, and I reached out to the president of Red Mango because I love Red Mango frozen yogurt, and he's a very accessible brand. Like, you'll ask him something on Twitter, he'll answer back to you. Really cool dude. I was like, hey, I'd love to talk to you, da-da-da-da-da. He was like, all right, get in contact with our PR rep. I did. She said, well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, hey, you know, this, this, and this. This is for our interview series. I'd love him to be our first one because he is beyond what we cover. But he has a cool story, and he has a cool product, and he's such an accessible um, executive that it would be great. And she's like, yeah, he, he, he does that, and that'd be fantastic. So then she goes, who have you had on? And I'm like, well, here's my press sheet. You know, we have a press sheet that my fiancé and myself built. We sent it to her with everybody we've interviewed. She gets back. She's like, oh, I don't think this is something we'd be interested in, but good luck anyway. <laughs> Just like that. Just like that. So that's where, that's what I was saying with, I'm not, nobody's actively coming to us for any of this shit. It's me around the clock. 
or you know my fiance she handles our guest booking she'll go to and she'll get us some stuff or you know slick who on another end and and that's how it is you know going to a comic-con give out a hundred business cards out of the hundred that you get maybe five will sound promising and that's where i was going with something with what the only reason i tell you this is because you can take the approach that vgn has whichever you know incarnation you want to go with and you can go to a a company and be like hey you know we do this we're a bunch of blue collar guys where we reach x amount of an audience you know you might want to try and get some 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 airtime on you know we'd be letting you willing to let you guys try it for a trial basis whatever the case may be and you never know a company might be like you know what let's 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 try it out that's yeah. that's it I mean, dude that's that's it in a nutshell I mean, I've sold advertising before when I, you know, done websites and, and, and for VGN, and you know, I've I've made like a couple grand here and there on like a, an advertising sponsor, which sounds great and everything, but it usually comes with like a a fair amount of work involved with that whole process in and of itself. And um, you know, the the biggest problem to all of that again is is audience. I mean, without an audience, it 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 just you can't really. Um, build it up you know i mean it's it's really difficult to measure and you know a lot of people look for like a jupiter media metrics report or a nielsen web rating report that sort of spells out like what your ratings are actually and woo, those things were expensive and i wasn't going to pay for them because i kind of knew what my numbers were even when they were really good and um i knew that they weren't going to be able to compare enough to actually bring in the sort of um uh business contracts that i needed to get it done it's just different it's a different market, though. I mean, I think you could go into a place and probably, like, you know, find a guy selling some sort of supplement and probably get some dollars promoting, like, a commercial of his on your show because he's not going to get exposure anyplace else, and that's going to be good for you. Uh, the video game industry, I mean, maybe recently there's been a lot of there's been a lot of effort from a lot of independent places making little iPhone games and stuff like that, uh, trying to reach out and 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 uh, do a little bit more of that, but. Um, I think that's going to be probably short-lived, and I, I just don't have the numbers. I mean, if I had maybe 10,000 listeners, I could do it, not with what we got right now. And so I'll just keep working on it. I think, right, you know, the focus is is just to try to build an audience and um, go from there, and uh, maybe eventually. All right. Well, that's, that's actually going to wrap it up, you guys. And um, I know Jedi is going to be recording Cleveland Sports Radio. So before before we close it out in full... Uh, Kev, where can they get all your shows and all your information and also any social media that you want to promote? Uh, we'll start with you first. I mean, the best place to find all the stuff that gets posted, uh, you, you, probably if you're on Facebook, look, just look, do a search for Video Game News Radio. Look for the one that actually has people in it, not like the one that has four people in it. Um, and uh, just like 200 and some people that are like subscribed. That's the best place to go to find all the show information. Just like it there. And then, of course, you can go to videogamenews.com, and um, at the very bottom, I usually post up links to all the latest shows so you can listen to them. You can also check out spill.com. Um, we don't do the movie review part. We're in the podcast part, which is the loading bar and all the video game reviews. You can check that out there. And as for Jedi's Cleveland Sports Radio, that's at clevelandsportsradio.net. All right. What about you, Jedi? Anything else? Oh, and you guys have uh, VGN on Twitter also, at VGN Network. That's it. Yeah, I don't, I don't really have much else. Um, everything Kevin said is pretty much what I'm attached to. If you want to follow me on Twitter for some reason, you can follow me at Jedi Hillis. It's just Jed, Jedi, and my last name is spelled H-I-L-L-I-S. Uh, you can follow me there. And, um, yeah. 
Chris, thanks a lot for having me on the show, man. Uh, love your stuff, dude. It's good to keep in contact with you. Hopefully I can uh, meet up with both you guys when we go to New York in October. Sounds good. All right, I'm going to be dead. I'll probably be dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you won't be dead. Crazy, uh, crazy hotel, you know. It's going to be like... Uh, you better not, dude. You better not be like the one opportunity we all get to hang out and do something cool together, and you're just like, uh, I won't feel like it. I'll have a shank in my stomach. <laughs> no, Kevin Kevin will be within walking distance from me, so it's all good. But um, I just want to say, just to close things out, Kevin and Jedi have officially taken us behind the mic. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. Thank you. You've just heard My Take Radio behind the mic with Kevin Beard and Jedi Hillis offered exclusively for my take radio app owners and also for our stitcher subscribers please take a moment to rate the show it would really mean a lot thanks peace